Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I always knew if I did not get up, put my energy and effort into something, mm-hmm. nothing would happen. And that's mm-hmm. what led me. I know we'll get into talking about the community, but that's what led me into what my today version of me is. Welcome to another episode of Full Transparency with Donnie Wiggins, where I get to sit down with entrepreneurs who are doing great things and let you guys have a fly on the wall perspective about our conversation. So the unique thing about full transparency is that I like to invite guests on that either I know in person that are doing some great things. So you get to be on the other side of those conversations or guests that I am recently being introduced to who are doing some great things. And this man's name precedes him in greatness. I am excited today to have the Booker T Uh Washington sitting next to me on the couch today. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastically well. Are you doing fantastically well? Yes. That's an interesting way to put it. What's happened today to make it so fantastically well? You know, on any day, which today is a day I get to reward, meaning people that work for me or people that partner with me, reward them for their hard work. It's always a great day. And today is one of those days. Oh, tell me what that looks like. So uh, I'm a real estate developer. Mm -hmm. And so in my world, uh, I have a lot of people doing a lot of things in order to build the communities and to make homes for for homeowners. So all those people involved typically on Fridays get paid. Mm -hmm. And so today is a great day. I smile on payday because I get a chance (laughs) to reward them for their hard work and set a path for a new week. So it's always a fantastic day. I love that so much. So you heard Booker lightly tell you what he does as an entrepreneur, but uh, he's being modest. Um, Yes, Booker T. Washington is a real estate developer, but not only are you a real estate developer, you are the first African-American to build a micro community, residential community, period. Yes. 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 Say it like you mean it. Like, yes. Yes with period on it. <laughs> We're excited. Yes, with period on the end. Yes, with period on the end. Yes. I was on Instagram Live today, mm-hmm. this morning, before our interview, uh, before our time came up. And I told you this, I told you before we started that I did something different today, but I wouldn't tell you what it was. Okay. So I'm so excited about this interview. Yep. Um, namely because you are doing something, you're probably the my most innovative guest that I've had sit on this sofa. Like I've had a lot of great people who are doing great things sitting on this couch, but you are a first and an only. Oh, really? Yeah. I like being first and only in some stuff. In some stuff. Yes. You are a first and an only. And so I took to Instagram today because we don't have an opportunity to have these type of conversations all the time. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever do this, but I wanted to know what our audience wanted to learn about you. So in this conversation, I'm going to be asking some of those questions. Like we actually wrote those questions down from Instagram live and they got some really good questions for you. They have questions like they're like, I want to know who this man (laughs) is about his journey. But before we even get there, um, let's talk about your name. Yeah. Booker T. Washington. 
It, the full name is Booker Telefero Washington. I am named after the civil rights and entrepreneurial leader Booker Telefero Washington, mm-hmm. who uh, was once a slave, mm-hmm. uh, but also is pr- more profoundly known for starting both Hampton University mm-hmm. and Tuskegee Institute, which it is named now Tuskegee University, mm-hmm. um, in partnership with George Washington Carver, mm-hmm. uh, which ironically is actually also the name of my brother. George Washington Carver? Yes. Okay, so what's the connection so with your family? My mom was a, uh, an adjunct professor mm-hmm. uh, at Auburn University, and oh. she went to do some work at Tuskegee Institute mm-hmm. um, back in the day. Um, and she loved that school. She loved the way that it grew black people and made them you know, very studious and champions of entrepreneurship because that's the reason Booker T. Washington invented the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he felt through labor and skills and labor uh, that black people would have power in the entrepreneurial world uh, because he was one of America's first black millionaires. Mm. A lot of people don't know that. And mm-hmm. he grew to be one of America's first black millionaires from becoming from a being a slave. Mm. And um, that is um, a testament to the will uh, of what we can do and that we have more power. So my mom really loved that. And so when she went to school, my brother's older than me. So he was born first. And so she just named him George Washington. Now, her maiden name was Washington. So it was very easy for her to kind of name us that. Yeah. But uh, he was born first. Mm-hmm. But when I was born, she says, George Washington Carver was never any good without Booker T. Oh, that's so powerful. Are you and your brother close? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you feel any pressure um, owning that name growing up? Uh, well, growing up, I didn't know how big it was till I got to more of like my uh, middle years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to learn more about him myself mm-hmm. and kind of the weight of having that name. Mm-hmm. But um I, I really embraced it, quite honestly. And I'll just give, you know, side thing. My mom, once she once I was able to remember, she started telling me why she gave me the name. And she says, any room you'll ever walk into, your name will always be near the, st- the top of that stack. I don't care if it's resumes. I don't care if it's a job application. I don't care if it's anything. Because people will always ask themselves first, huh, Booker T. Washington. Has that been true? Has your name always been at the top of the stack? Very true. Mm. And even if it wasn't for for a qualification, it was just for the, you know, the interest of the name and to ask questions about it. And Mm -hmm. it got me into a lot of rooms. I'm not going to lie about it. I love that. So your mom uh, was an adjunct professor at Auburn. Mm -hmm. These guys in here are Auburn University graduates. What? (laughs) Look at there. Okay, family. Look at there. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Did you go to college? I did. I went to Georgia Southern. For? um, Just general business. Mm -hmm. And that's part of my story as well. A lot of people would think uh, different based upon kind of how I've led my life. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really a big fan of school. Okay. Um, I was an entrepreneur very early. Mm -hmm. Um, So my story started when we grew up with a single mom. Okay, so she was very strong, but unfortunately, we grew up uh, in a household with just a single mom, no father figures, no dads. So um, we started entrepreneurship early. Uh, My first job was at 11 with a paper route, and I knew what it was to wake up early in the morning. I knew what it was to go out and earn a dollar. I knew what it was to spend a dollar. I say fortunately, not unfortunately, I had the opportunity at a young age to help my mom pay rent. Uh, I can remember as early as 14 years old uh, when I got a job at McDonald's that I would bring her my paycheck to help her pay bills in the household. So it it grew me up early, but I say fortunate because now I realize how powerful 
that opportunity was because it allowed me to get an entrepreneurial spirit of what it was like to earn mm-hmm. and not be given anything. It also would give you an idea of what it's like to be a giver mm-hmm. and very selfless. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that that had a lot to do with it? Very big. Yeah, because the first thing I always thought about when I got that paycheck was was her first mm-hmm. and what needed to be provided. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it kind of uh, helped me as a man understand what it was to provide and provide security uh, and move through life that way. Mm-hmm. And I always knew if I did not get up, put my energy and effort into something, mm-hmm. nothing would happen. And that's mm-hmm. what led me. I know we'll get into talking about the community, but that's what led me into what my today version of me is. Yeah. What was the start though? So obviously you've built this micro community. Mm-hmm. I believe there are 29 homes on that development. Yep. Um, but before we even get there, like take me a little bit through your journey. It didn't start, you know, no. as a, as a developer, what was your first um, outside of the paper route? What was your first like legitimate <laughs> Uh, business that really mm-hmm. so my first legitimate business as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh when i got out of school uh all i wanted to do was earn money um so i started as a restaurant general manager so i was in the restaurant world i actually used to work for hooters really yes <laughs> uh the downtown one yes it was very fun downtown so, atlanta downtown atlanta has right there on what's that international mm-hmm. <laughs> international so i worked there and i worked at several other restaurants and so um working there though um being in restaurants you have to have a, a form of entrepreneurial spirit i mean you you are selling food you're providing guest services and customer service so at 22 i bought my first franchise i bought a quiznos franchise Really? Yes. Okay. A lot of people may not know what Quiznos is. It's or the remember. sub and sandwich shop. Yes. I know. And it. in my opinion, still the best sub and sandwich shop, although they're not around anymore. Quiznos is gone. But, well, in some areas, they're still around. Okay. In some colleges and in some airports. Okay. But for the most part, they're not around. Okay. Um, but I had opportunity to buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. So it taught me how to save money. It taught me what it was like to get a lease. It taught me what it was like to pay major bills Mm -hmm. it taught me to have employees at an early early age and so um actually had two quiznos subs um actually my quiznos location if people are familiar with peachtree um road in atlanta uh is across from moon dogs which is a i know everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, so right yeah. across from there. But um, early on, so... But while I had that job, I also started my career in human resources. Mm -hmm. So when I left the restaurant world, I started my career in human resources, and I had both. So I I was having side hustles as early as 22, 
trying to figure out how to manage a real business yeah. and trying to figure out how to pay employees and provide value in their life. Mm -hmm. And so that is where, I guess, true entrepreneurship started for me. Mm. At such a young age, what what made you say entrepreneurship? Like, why not just stay down the path of corporate America? Unlimited scale. Entrepreneurship provided me what I could see unlimited scale. Mm -hmm. uh, my Quiznos probably did 900000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, and to see commas at such an early age and how my efforts and work would produce commas, which means multiple dollars past $100,000, yeah. I realized this thirty dollars or $40,000 I was making per year in this job could be exponential if I just worked really hard for myself and mm -hmm. used the spirit I have and the intellect I have and the ideas I have because in a corporate job, you basically execute a lot of other people's ideas. Yeah. Right. So um, that's why I realized that scale was in it for me entrepreneurial wise. And so while I still had a corporate job, everything I did moved towards that entrepreneurship kind of life. Talk about real estate. How did you, how, how were you first introduced to the world of real estate? Uh, so that's a great story. So actually, I was first introduced to the world of real estate because of the god awful Super Bowl of the Atlanta Falcons back in the 2016. OK. All right. So I had no interest in real estate at, at that time. I was a human resource executive. I was making over six figures. I was content, mm -hmm. right? Um, but for that Super Bowl, which ended in such dramatic fashion, mm -hmm. um, I had insomnia. I didn't Who go they play that year? They played the Patriots. Okay. Oh, is that the game that they lost yes. like by just a smidget? It lost by a smidget, but it was winning by a ton. It was okay. up 28 to 3 in the third quarter. Not you remember the yes, stats. Yes. <laughs> and they lost that in such dramatic, historic fashion. So, uh, because of that trauma. Okay. Okay. We Traumatized. All, we all live life through trauma. <laughs> I, uh, I had insomnia. So, I stayed up for eight hours after the Super Bowl ended, mm -hmm. which the Super Bowl ended at 11 o'clock, by the way. Okay. So, I just stayed up through the entire night until the morning watching nothing but HGTV for eight hours straight. Mm -hmm. And I kept looking at people and timelines and these houses and people, quite honestly, I didn't think had a true entrepreneurial spirit out here making major money doing something called flipping houses. And so I said, hmm, self, why can't you do that? And so the very next week I dipped into my 401k and I purchased my first flip mm -hmm. for $50,000. Mm hmm. And that started my passion in real estate. Here in Atlanta? Here in Atlanta. Okay, so you purchased the first flip. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you have to rehab it and get all this work done to it. Yep. Okay. So because I didn't know anything about real estate and because I'm the type of person of uh, go hard, figure it out later, uh, I got all the way in, purchased a property within that first week and said, okay, how are we going to fix it up? So because I didn't have a designer, I didn't have a team, I didn't have much of anybody, I started uh, coming up with all these ideas myself for how to uh, design this home and flip this home. Now, this was in Southwest Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I have a passion for Southwest Atlanta because that's where I grew up. Okay. Okay. I grew up around the Southwest Atlanta corridor between Camelton Road, Cascade Road, uh, South Fulton. So that's where we live from apartment to apartment. I grew up on Camp Creek. See? Mm -hmm. I lived on Camp Creek. Yeah. Yep. Right next to Mrs. Winters on Camp Creek. Oh, you were on that side of Camp Creek. I was on that side you were on of that. Camp now, Creek. Now, I was Camp on Creek that side of Camp Creek as a, as a little girl in... Um, Gosh, it's not Camelot, but it's the 
apartment community right next to you got Miss Winters, then you had McDonald's, yes. the first apartment community yes. right there, and then Creekwood was all the way at the end going by Herschel Road. I grew up in Creekwood. Yes. Yep. So I just stayed <laughs> two apartments down. Two apartments. Okay. Down. So they had changed the name a million times, but uh, I stayed two apartments down. That was before Camp Creek Marketplace. That was before yes. everything on that street. And so we bopped around Atlanta on the southwest side. And so I had a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And I had a passion to uh, like make it look great mm-hmm. because I could recognize that people weren't able to upkeep their homes like they would on the north side of town. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I bought the first property. Okay. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try to design this house in such a way, but keep it really affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, uh, let me see if I can design this home and try to flip it for $175,000 and still make max profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of paying a lot of extra people to help design it, I ended up designing that first house. Um, my very first flip, I ended up making a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And you had no design experience. Zero. Like was your own style though pretty impeccable though? Yeah, well, kinda. <laughs> because at that time when I flipped that home, I had just purchased my first home. Okay. But I purchased a home that was kind of already done and already designed. So I, I, there was no fixer upper. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just kind of started thinking about it through a people process. And this is what will lead would lead me into why I build the community I build today is I worked in human resources and I just started thinking through the lens of real estate as it's a people game. It's not a numbers game mm-hmm. because robots don't live in homes. Humans do. Mm, that's good. OK. And humans build houses. So when you sit in a home, you're sitting in a dwelling, when you're entertaining, when you're making memories, when you're with your uh, spouse, your mate, when you're doing all those things, you're being very human. And the things that you appreciate should be the small things that bring you pride in mm-hmm. the home. So I started focusing on all the things that would bring you pride, not just doing a renovation, but the small aspects that we like, oh, wow, I got a pretty dope house when yeah. you bring a guest over. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started doing accent brick. I started doing, uh, you know, fencing around a property when fencing in properties wasn't popular. Uh, I started doing accent wood because mm-hmm. uh, in Buckhead, they did a lot of accent wood on my own mansions. Mm-hmm. But I noticed in fix and flips, they didn't do accent wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was back in 2016, 2017. So um, those aspects of just having pride and the human experience, connectivity, open space. Um, if you turn around from this side, you will want your washer and dryer or your dishwasher to be on this side. So just common sense stuff. Mm-hmm. And I ended up designing a gym. That house was on the market for five hours. Five hours. It took me seven months. So and you, it took me five hours to get a contract. You get this contract. Mm-hmm. It actually closes. Yes. You get this check yep. for over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. What is your experience like internally at that time? Like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. And uh, shout out to really one of the, the real estate goats of Atlanta, uh, Brandy Hunter Lewis. Uh, okay. That's who was partnered with me when I did that flip. And, um, you know, as I talked through her with things, she was like, yo, you know, we're going to do a great job on this flip. And you did a phenomenal job designing it. So uh, when I got it, though, when I closed, I asked the question several times. I was like, it was like, well, we just wired the money to your bank account. I was like, in a, a few couple of days, because you're used to corporate life. Yes. You get paid every two weeks. Yes. I asked for a date when I was going to get the check. that's not how real estate works (laughs) it's instant it's instant instant so i shook my head and said so you mean to tell me i could do something and put my labor in it and within a matter of a couple of weeks instantaneously 
I can change my life. Mm. Is that the power of real estate? The closing attorney said, that's absolutely the power of real estate. And then I said, well, why aren't many more people doing this? This is just like, it's rock. This is dumb easy. Why would I took $50,000 um, and then used $75,000 of debt and built this house and made $100,000 in less than eight months. Now, mind you, I was still making $50,000 a year mm-hmm. in human resources. Mm-hmm. So I said, hmm, something's missing. If I can make this amount of margin in the hood, what's in the real estate market that's missing Yeah, that the reason people are not being able to buy houses and the reason why they're not fixing them up themselves? Yeah. Like if I owned a home and I don't know it only took $50,000 to fix it in order to change my life by $100,000, why wouldn't I fix it up myself? Mm-hmm. So I started examining that part of real estate. Mm-hmm. And that is where the birth of my micro home idea started. People are now moving into a micro-housing community built by a black developer just outside of Atlanta. WAVE's Dormaya Vance reports it's one of the first of its kind in the nation. I love that. So you said so much in everything that you just gave me. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that stands out to me is you sat in a home as a human and your intent was to keep some pride, like give the homeowners, whoever's going to live here. I'm looking around this home and I'm making decisions. I'm not just coming from the perspective of an investor that's trying to make a quick buck. I want to actually develop a product that gives you a sense of pride. That's right. And I think maybe as we're looking at the community that you're building now, that's so special. Mm -hmm. That's your secret sauce. Correct. You develop properties that give the owner Mm-hmm. a sense of pride outside of the element of the zip code that people live in and Absolutely. what people are expecting in the urban areas. You're giving these homeowners a sense of pride. So yes. we're going through this real estate journey on your mm-hmm. very first deal. Yep. You make a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and tell me what the next deal was. The next deal was I started really looking more at these smaller homes because then as an entrepreneur, I said, I spent seven months to make a hundred thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. let me break that down. Okay. So did I really make a hundred thousand dollars or did I kind of make like ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month? For sure. Okay. Hey, hey, CEO Donnie Wiggins here, and I am so excited to announce my new mentorship group is dropping. You may have already heard about it, but I wanted to, I wanted you to hear it from the horse's mouth directly from me. My new mentorship group, Actionable CEO, for entrepreneurs who are interested in professional growth personal growth, and financial growth. You want to learn from me. Y'all have been asking for this for the last three years, and I have finally brought Actionable CEO back to serve you. Every single week, direct mentorship from me. You will also hear from other people who are in my community that I believe will be greatly impactful to you. You're going to get behind the scenes. We're going to be spending some time together live. This is not pre-recorded. This is live mentorship. So if you are an entrepreneur and you want to be connected, feel connected, You want to elevate your brand. You want to elevate your life. You want to elevate your level of success. Actionable CEO is for you. ActionableCEO.com. See you there. Got it. So I said, if I'm going to scale this thing, I'm going to do this full time and leave my job. Right. And I break it up. um, How can I make this more feasible? Then I just start thinking that real estate is all about profit margin, no matter the number. Mm -hmm. In real estate, people always talk, trying to tell you what they made on the deal. Okay, but they should focus on the profit margin of the deal because the profit margin of the deal and how you drive it up is the best indicator of scale. Okay, if you get to anybody in business when they start looking at you know scaling your business or performance, they start stop stop talking about 
what the actual profit number is. They start talking about profit percentages, mm -hmm. right? So I said, the typical flip is only going to make 20% profit margin. Got it? So if we're only making 20, 25% on average, because I think the $100,000 was a home run, that's not typical in flipping game. But the typical flip is 20, 25%. You put on paper, we're going to make 20, 25% gross margin. Everybody's saying home run, cool beans, let's do that, right? So I said, I'm going to think about this different. How can I design a home at bill cost, time of speed to build it, give all the different design points I really feel, and make more of an impact by making better gross margin percentages on the real estate. The key was go small. Cause then I looked at where people live. Guess what? Most people live in apartments. Yeah. In your target areas, not only do they live in apartments, they live in rundown apartments, rundown apartments, really small, yep. rundown property owners are not taking care. They had no sense of pride in where they live. Correct. It was survival. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that goes back to how I started as an entrepreneur. Remember that first job? It was about survival. Mm -hmm. So I said, how can I take people out of survival mode to utilizing the same money they use now mm -hmm. and convert that over to something that's going to change their life in the world of real estate? So I started planning back in 2018 uh, my micro home idea. And the first thing I said is I need to build a whole city or a whole subsect of these houses together because I'm going to change the entire real estate market as we see it and create my own appraised value. Because when you're flipping, the first thing people always ask you are what the comps. Mm -hmm. Talk to any real estate agent. What's the comps? What's the value? Yeah. What is the street looking like? Mm -hmm. And I kept asking myself, why are we keep asking what somebody else did in order for me to do something? Oh, come on, book. Are we speaking? So that's the tail following the dog. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create my own world and how I do it. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go on any street USA and do what I want to do and set the prices that I want to set. And the way I learned that, how to do that, they said, oh, you got to build subdivisions. You got to build your whole corner. You got to really build the block. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk all the time about buying somebody's block. Buying the block, owning the, the block, block, taking over the block. I haven't seen yet not one until we created this community. Somebody you built the block. Built an entire block. You built the block. You better. <laughs> you built the block. Built a block. Proud of you. So I said, that's the key. Yes. I can set my own terms, my own way, my own profit margin, and develop it the way I want to, and I can do it on an undeveloped street. Mm -hmm. Hence, Godby Road and South Park Cottages. Okay. People say, well, why, why? I can choose wherever road I want to be on because the houses and where they sit have nothing to do with the street they're on. Because mm. I can protect the community. I can change the community. It's reverse gentrification. They're going to come revitalize you, your streets anyway. 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 So for you not to do anything about it, is just to lay back and wait for the train to come. Mm -hmm. I've never been that way. Mm -hmm. So that my spirit, um, my namesake, never been that way. Yeah. So um, I started designing homes, but that's not where exactly South Park Cottages came from. So uh, I had the opportunity. I was still an HR executive, so I was still working. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, I have, I've had opportunity to work for some great companies, some great leaders. I've had opportunity to work for Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Blank. I've had opportunity to work for Elon Musk and Tesla. And uh, during the pandemic, I spent two years out in the Bay Area, okay? And I worked with Elon, and I worked with Tesla. And I had a chance to see in person what entrepreneurship really looked like. Mm -hmm. Because 
and I say this as a disclaimer, you can like him or hate him, but Elon Musk taught me quite a few things in working for Tesla. Like what? This man who's worth multiple billions of dollars, and everybody got st- Tesla the stock and they're doing this, but one thing they probably don't know about him is he wakes up every day, flies a helicopter, and he goes to his factories every day. Every day. Really? So while people are making $80,000 and finding a way to go to the gym and find a way to go to brunch and find a way to go do this and find a way to take vacations and find a way to do all this stuff, this man worth a few hundred billion wakes up every day and goes to his factories to see what work is being produced for the company he's building. And I saw it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So one day I was walking with him and I was asking him about, You know, why does he do that? And he said, one thing that rings so clear to me, he says, why would you ever third party your dream? Oh, why would you ever third party your dream? That's powerful. He says, yeah, Booker, I got a lot of people working around. Why would you ever third party your dream? Your dream. Why would you third party your Your dream? dream. Don't put anybody else in charge of how your dream operates. What? You see? Now, this is a person that's already made it. And so we sit in our culture, especially the black culture, always figuring out once I made it, I ain't got to do nothing else. I can surround my people with all these third-party services Yo. that navigate how I scale. We live, like, even amongst my entrepreneur friends, yeah. and even myself sometimes, yeah. you get a little bit of success, yeah, and then the first thing you want to start doing is delegating and removing yourself. Yep. You want to take yourself out of the business. I literally just went um, on a trip and... One of the realizations that I had was, Donnie, you got to get back in your business. You got to get back in your business. And then here we have Elon Musk, who can literally afford to delegate every factor, every aspect. A million times over. A million times Mm -hmm. over at a a very high level, might I add. But he's still in control of his dream. Every day. I mean, he would, I, I would get text messages, emails. This man would work all day, every day. And I said, uh, and this is one thing about him, which is a misnomer for most. He just hates lazy. He hates lazy. He hates lazy. Okay. Okay. So if if he's running a trillion dollar company damn near in Tesla and people are kind of chilling and doing this and we're trying to produce cars, we're trying to change the world. Yes. Okay. Yes. His wake up is like, if I'm waking up and I'm trying to get to it, I'm trying to change it. Write that down for me. I hate lazy. <laughs> I hate lazy. Write that down. I hate it. And, and put that in, in a text message to me because... I hate lazy, too. Here's the thing, though. I hate lazy, and oftentimes I am lazy. But this is the thing, though. Your dream has to, your dream will always supersede it. Yes. Because it's it's so, it's so palatable to you. Mm -hmm. You can, people can see it coming out your eyes, out your pores, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, that's what, that's what I learned from. And one thing about human resources is we always get a chance to hear people's uh, issues. Yes. Uh, Because why do you go to work? You go to work to make income. Get a check. To get a check. Pay bills. Your bills is your life. Yes. Your bills is your way of life. And your biggest way of life is where you what? Live mm-hmm. and where you sleep. Mm-hmm. You Your biggest bill is your housing expenses, mm-hmm. right? So we discovered that um, to more be holistic in employees' lives, maybe the best, best thing to do is to build our own housing. Okay, we're going to put them to work. Maybe with the empty land we have next to factories and so on, maybe we should just build our own. I gotta houses. take notes, Booker. Like you, you're giving me stuff, <laughs> and my mind is racing. And 
<laughs> you're that guy. Yeah, okay. okay, you're <laughs> you're it. that guy. Y'all y'all know what happens when the iPad <laughs> yes, comes out, right? You know you know what happens well, when the iPad okay, comes let, out. Let's get to it. Let's so, get it. Um, but in uh, true fashion, mm-hmm. we started talking about how to incubate the person's entire life. Now, let me give you a low key secret about Mr. Musk. Okay. Okay. He's incubating your entire life. You don't even realize it. Tell me more. You drive a Tesla. What's in a Tesla? CPU, computer system. Mm-hmm. It's tracking your miles, tracking where you're going. Mm-hmm. It may not share your data. It don't mean it ain't collecting your data. Mm-hmm. Okay? You got the world's largest mobile server. If you try to leave Earth because Earth has turned to hell in a handbasket, who rocket you jumping on? Elons. Elons. Ah. Uh. When all wiring fails and you can't get any more wiring to produce your internet, where you get your internet from? Mm. From space. Mm-hmm. You know who owns a quarter of space? Elon. Elon. They have been shooting satellites in the air for, for years. While everybody's sleeping, he's shooting satellites in the air with Starlink. Mm. Now, he's getting the AI with the humanoid chip. So, in every avenue, and he owns social media. So now he can he can s- see how you drive, hear and see what your social media is, provide you an escape out of space. Yeah. Also, guess who owns the largest boring company underneath the earth? <laughs> Elon. Elon. <laughs> so if you try to escape down or up. You got to come talk to this man. He can create your problem and, and your, your solution. solution at the same time. At the same time. That's the ingenious of it. That's the ingenious of yep. it. And so all of it is, is because he has this, uh, one thing I picked up, never ending uh, version of vision. And so as I talked about my vision for communities in these houses, um, he said, well, why don't you just quit? Go do that. You spoke to him about it. I just quit. Do that. What was that conversation like? Well, he would often come to the factory and, it, um, and walk the factory floor, and we so we would we would run into him and talk, talk to him. But the thing about it is, he never really slept. You know, people thought he was a vampire. He worked all the time, and um, he was like, "The reason I'm like that is because my mind never shuts down on what my dreams are." Mm-hmm. He says, "My dreams are to change the world." Single sentence, change the world. Mm-hmm. How could you ever sleep when that's your goal set? Yeah, but our goal sets be too small. Mm. So my goal set was not to build a house, but to build a community. Not people are walking around talking about they want to build a community. Mm-hmm. They want to be part of a community. Why mm-hmm. be part of something when I can be the whole? Mm-hmm. You know? So as I talked about it, he says, the biggest thing you got is your compass and your vision track. He says, as long as you have that and you're willing to put a 1,000% effort into it, your vision will become a reality because people will succumb to your confidence. Mm. They will invest in your confidence. Yes. They will invest in your commitment. That is true. Even if the idea is flawed, they will invest in you because they have faith through the person that who will maybe lose, but win back their money. You speaking good. So that's where it all started. You speaking real good. Okay. So this is where it comes from. You get the cosign and the stamp from Elon like, yo, just go do that. Yeah. If this is what it is that you want to do. So now this is the idea. You've committed to it. This is what I am going to do. Doing it. Doing it. 
How do you start? Like, what's the very first move you make? Okay, very first move is check the bank account. <laughs> Obviously, yes. Got it. Bank account was small. Bank account is small. Didn't have no money. Didn't have any money. But had a great idea. Got an idea. I don't have any money. Did you have good credit? Had good credit. You have good credit. Yep. So we got a light at the end of the I tunnel. I had a good credit and good work ethic. Good credit, good work ethic. Good credit and good work ethic will take you places. It will take you places. Will take you places. So um, moved back to Atlanta, started on the dream. Okay. Uh, what year is this? This was 2020. 2020. Uh, well, excuse me, end of 2020, going to 2021. Okay. All right. So this was very fast. All this was very fast. So I moved back. And within the first month of moving back, I reached out to some people that I knew in the wholesale market of real estate. I, I need a piece of land. Okay, what kind of land you look for? I don't care where it is. Just find me three acres. You had no stipulations. No stipulations. Three acres. Three acres. I don't care where it is. How'd you come up with three acres? Because three acres, I started dividing the house sizes, time, the space I need in between them. This is stuff I picked up from working in corporate America. Right, 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 right. 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 You use what you have Have to to get get done what you need to get done. So I just started doing basic math. I said, okay, if I'm going to set these houses this distance apart, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to need about three acres. I want to do about 30, 35 houses, okay? I'm going to sell them for an accessible and affordable amount around 200,000 because at the time in 2021, it's still very high, but the middle, the medium new construction price for a home in Atlanta is $455,000. Wow. We need a brand new home for Mm $200,000 because the lessons of real estate, no matter what it is, is you need to own it in order to leverage it and get that one time immediate check is what I found out when I owned real estate, when I flipped that house. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, how can I get this power back to people that are still working corporate jobs and still trying to make it people working at the airport, making 40 and $50,000 a month, Yes, you know, and people like, well, why don't you go build something else? Why don't you build micro mini mansions and townhomes and, you know the subsector of, of buyers that are buying those houses? 3% of the economy. Mm-hmm. 78% of people make less than $50,000 a year. Wow. Why are you going to compete and want to compete in the marginal lines when you have this whole swimming pool? Whole swimming pool. But, you know, as black folks, we are taught to navigate towards the crowd. Mm. And herd towards the side of the pool where everybody's at. Nobody's at the under end of the pool that's calm and still, mm-hmm. right? So I said, no, I ain't going to be over here. I'm going to be way over here. Because by the time they figure out what's happening over here, the jig will be up. Yes. So find me any street, preferably in South Fulton, preferably in the hood. Really? You know why? Land is cheap. Land is cheap. Guess what? In the power of development, ownership is power. I don't care what ownership it is. I don't care. I taught my daughter this. My daughter's 17. She said, Dad, I want to get this car. Now, she want this. She's 17. This is her first car. Um, one, she thinks she's balling, but she's not. You know, okay. her dad may be successful, but she's not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You All heard, right. so, y'all heard that? <laughs> so, she's like, hey, I want this Jeep for 30000 No, we're not financing no car for your first car. We're going to buy a cash car. We're going to own it. Mm-hmm. Why, why we got to own it? Why I got to be right? I said, you're missing the point. It ain't about its state. It's about that you own it. And your name is on the title deed because I put a t- her name on the deed, mm-hmm. on the title. So I said, you got to own stuff. Stop trying to run away from owning it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you some other ways we don't try to own stuff. We don't try to own our debt. We don't try to pay it down. Mm. We don't try to be zero balance on our credit cards. Mm-hmm. We always trying to not be 100%. We want to look 100%. 
but we ain't trying to be a hundred percent. That behind the scenes, that 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 credit card debt payoff be very very minimal yes. payment. <laughs> so those learning lessons told me it ain't about where it is or what land it is. It's yes. the point is I need to own it. I need to. Own Let me it. tell you, in the world of real estate development, ownership is key. To who owns the land has the power. Mm. But more than owning the land, you gotta know what you're gonna do with it. Mm-hmm. And have a vision around it. So that's where the confidence came in. But you have no money. Zero. Zero. Yep. How did you get the land? So I started talking to a couple of people that were in my circle and said, hey, you remember that in tiny homes, those micro homes I was talking about? I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do it? Well, first thing we're going to do is accomplish item A. We got to get the land. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to get us from getting the land to leveraging it into a way to get more money to pay back how we got the land. But now we own the land outright. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa. Yep. You make some phone calls. Yep. Three people. Three people. Yep. What are their relationships to you? <sighs> they arms length. They're just people in the real estate industry, to be honest. They're in real estate. Yep. They know a little something about real estate. A little something about real estate. You have them stored in your phone. Contacts. Yep, just okay. contacts. We're going to get this land. That's step one. Yep. But then I'm going to show you how to leverage this land. Yep. To get more. Yes. Okay. How? Okay, the word is collateralization, mm-hmm. all right? If you own something and somebody says, well, I'll give you more money because I have basically this, this, this piece of parcel as an asset value that if you don't own the debt, I'll just come get the land, and then I'll own the land, right? Mm-hmm. But the first piece is you got to own it, own it outright. You can't collateralize debt. You can only collateralize an asset, which is why having assets are powerful. If you live in an apartment, you don't have an asset. Mm-hmm. If you're paying co- a car note on a car, you don't have an asset. Mm-hmm. If you have debt, you don't have an asset. Credit cards are not assets. Withdrawing cash off of credit cards is not an asset. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out a way to have some form of ownership in real estate development in order to have collateralization, in order to leverage into tall, uh, bigger amounts of money because people can see a future. Okay. If I see a pathway, I feel... I find a way to fund that path up until it bears fruit. Mm-hmm. That's how Elon started his companies. That's how any baby booming billionaire started. They had an idea. Mm-hmm. They had a version of how it could scale. It was so palatable that it required funding and the funding was on a promise that it would get paid back. So that's how we started South Park. We had to get the land first and I called a couple of people, but guess what? Those couple people didn't have no money. They didn't have money. Nope. So you go to them, look, bruh, I need money. Yep. And they're like, I, I love it. this idea. I ain't got it. But I don't have it. Don't have so it. now are you feeling like, man, this might not work? Nope. Okay. What's next? We're going to do it anyway. Okay. How? How? Well, let's get on a webinar. Talk to a couple people. Then they started challenging the vision. Who's buying micro homes? Mm-hmm. How can you get them built? Can you really sell them for two hundred thousand? Mm-hmm. You telling me you can sell them for two hundred thousand? Show me how you can sell them for two hundred thousand. So this is how you got to two hundred thousand for a micro home. Average sales price for a new construction, which is a minimum twelve hundred square feet, okay, okay, is four hundred and fifty thousand in the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's for new construction. Mm-hmm. Now people say, oh, I can buy a house for less than that. Yes, you can. You can buy yeah. junk. Yeah. And you gonna have to fix it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after you barely afford to buy the junk, then you gotta barely, barely in your credit standing, get extra money to renovate it in order to improve it, to make it worth more. Mm-hmm. By the time you do all that, 
you done changed your small mortgage to a bigger mortgage because you now you done got a, uh, another second mortgage or home line of credit, right? So I said the biggest way is to get new construction at 200000 The only way to do it is reduce the square footage. They said, well, why would you reduce the square footage? Just do the simple math. Over 4.1 million Atlantans live in a bedroom apartment size of two or less. Right. The average apartment size in the city of Atlanta is, guess what? 700 square feet. That's the average. Average. Wow. 700 square feet. Mm-hmm. So by any definition, guess what you're living in? A micro home. A micro home. <laughs> you just don't call it. You call it an apartment. You call it an apartment. Right? And you live happily in said apartment. Already conditioned Con- to thrive in that space. Happily. Yes. You, you walk in the front door, you can see the kitchen. You walk in the front door, you can see the living room. So the idea for micro homes isn't so far-fetched because you're already living in them. You're living mm-hmm. in small spaces. Most people started in their very first, like most people have the story of their first apartment. Yeah. So we already have the experience of micro home living. Everybody, ask, almost everybody. Let me ask anyway. you a question. Uh, you went to college, correct? I did. I didn't graduate, but I did go to college. No problem. Did you have fun in college? I had a great time. You had a great time in mm-hmm. college. Most college stories you hear from people that went to college, they are what fun stories, right? Yeah. You know, people's dorm room is less than 200 square feet. Less than 200 square feet. And they are happy. They're happy. They got everything they need. They sleep they self in the bed. Mm-hmm. They have a way to get food and nourishment. Mm-hmm. They have entertainment. Way to clean their bodies. Clean their bodies and change their clothes. Period. The only version of ourselves that makes us feel we need more is the avenues of perception of the world that makes it at a certain time feel like we need more. Mm-hmm. Your family size may not dictate you need more. You're single. You got an 8,000 square foot house. Mm-hmm. You may be married or in a couple, but even in that, you're still a household size of two. Yes. You got 8,000 or 4,000 or 5,000 square feet. Now you may say, Hey, I I've made it. Okay. You made it, but you don't even visit some of those rooms that you are, that you have in that dwelling. For months on end. So you're paying for empty space. Now, let's take this back to you as a business owner. Would you buy commercial space you would never use? No. Right? And if you bought a commercial building, which we're in a commercial building, mm-hmm. and it was empty, you would fight tooth and nail to do what to that, that space you're not using? Make it usable. Make it usable. Yeah. Sell it, lease it, and monetize it. Monetize correct? it, yeah. Why don't we do that in our dwellings? But we don't do it in our dwellings because perception has told me I have to look like I made it. Mm. to everybody else in and around me. But the only way you can truly make it is have assets so you can change the world. Yes. Yes. See what I'm saying? Yes. So that is where micro homes are so important is accessibility and affordability will provide those people who are buying homes from me an avenue and path of an asset and a way to change it and change their life while making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where it came from. So when I started to lay out that thesis statement and you're doing this on the webinars on the webinar like you and and who's on these webinars so just just average people just me and the people that's in the studio yes people, people who have interest in home ownership investing Absolutely. opportunities okay just interest in investment opportunities they don't know what it looks like but they know it it sounds innovative but what's the pathway to making money now yeah. i'm not going to reveal on this call how much it take on this uh on this interview how much it cost me to build a home because that's part of my secret sauce but I can tell you. Are you going to tell me after? I sure will. Okay. Yep. And right. I won't tell anybody. No, nope, no problem. Okay. I got you. But I can tell you, remember we were talking about profit margin? Yes. It has a very high profit margin. What's but, very high? About 40. 
Okay. Remember the average of 20, 25 mm-hmm. and flipping a house? Mm-hmm. So why would I spend the same amount of time? It's time usage. I'm six or seven months into a single family flip. Did you know we built South Park Cottages in 16 months? 29 homes in 16 months. Yes. And I read somewhere that you guys sold out in 50 days. Before we ever cracked ground. Before you cracked ground. We had 29 contracts before we cracked the ground. Were these investors? Mm-mm. No. The community is 85% owner-occupant. Really? Yes. And that's by my standard. Tell me what. The city wanted less. They said, well, we live in reality. Maybe your community should be 50-50. Okay, hold on. Booker, wait, we're doing a whole lot. We're going we're going to co- a, a lot of places <laughs> got because it. I got to talk about this, too, but I don't want to forget. So I'm just going to write this down. All right. Take me back because I want somebody else to do this. Other people should be doing this yeah. right in their cities, in their states, Absolutely. In their neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. You're on the webinar. Yep. How do we get cash? Only way you got to really get cash, you, start, you know how to define the market space between uh, the, the metrics that had nothing to do. You know, remember, we, in our whole conversation, we haven't talked about one piece of design work, architecture, or the mm-hmm. size of, a, of the house, have we? Not at all. But we talked about the metrics on the reason why you should build the house. And I'm excited. And, correct. <laughs> so that is the way we raise money. The way I raise money uh, through versions of crowdfunding. I just went from one webinar to another webinar and the person that didn't have money called the uncle that maybe had five or $10,000. Then the uncle called the auntie and the auntie called grandma and grandma said, well, we're going to do this anyway. So she put in $2,000 and it continued to matriculate until we got $150,000 okay. and bought that land. Wow. What was the minimum investment for someone who was coming in to crowdfund? $1,000. $1,000. What was the largest investment you got from a single investor? 100000 $100,000. Wow. So you got 100000 and then everybody else collectively gave fifty. Yep. And you went and purchased that land on Gobby Road. Yep. Why didn't I know that you could buy three acres of land on Gobby Road for $150,000? Because you would ride down there and see the sofas and see um, uh, the broken, broken toys. The broken toys. The run rip, down cars. Run down cars, broken condom wrappers, and say, I don't want to be anywhere in this street. Matter of fact, it's dark. Get me out of here. And you walked over there and said, oh, this is it right here. Exactly. Exactly what you we saw opportunity. Exactly what we Endless vision. Exactly what we Like Elon. Be. This is it. I didn't hesitate. We purchased that land in 10 days. 10 days. Cash yep. purchase. Yep. All right. So now we have the land. Yep. What's next? Now we got the land. Then we get challenged on what we're going to put on the land. So mm-hmm. on a webinar, people said, well, what plans do we have? I said, well, it's all up here. They said, well, man, we can't build a development by what's in your head. I said, why not? I said, I, this community will look exactly what's in my head. You sure? They said, prove it. Prove to us that you can get 30 units on the property, or 29 something, because we only think you can get 10 or 14. We only think you can get eight on that property because it's three acres. It ain't that big. I want to build a tiny home community. Let's do it. I want to do it. When? When? You're, okay, keep going. Okay. All right. So they say you're on the vision. So the infamous story, which is true, is on this webinar and in person, I got challenged on what it would look like. And I wrote up the design of South Park as you see it today on a napkin. Mm-hmm. Sketched it. Those napkin stories be powerful. Sketched it. Yes. Said, this is it. This is what it's going to be. You'll never be able to design that. That seems like freehand scratch. The biggest thing, okay, and I tell my daughter this, because you are giving it at birth. That is God's gift. That imagination, that doodling you do during meetings, mm-hmm. mm. your distant daydreams you think are probably your distraction. You know what that is? That is literally God talking to you. That's vision. 
That's purpose. That's he is saying, I have this vision. I'm going to supplant in you. You're going to be my vessel. This is one thing I tell people about visions. They're not your visions. That's God's visions. Those are God's visions. And you owe him a debt to that vision. And this is why I tell people about blessings that pass you by. He wants you to activate this particular vision and blessing he gave you. So when you wake up and say, man, I got this great idea. But then you go back to your nine to five. You don't really work on that great idea or you don't do the things necessary. You don't jump on the mentorship call. You miss it. You make an excuse. You don't wake up. You don't make it to this meeting. You don't really write your vision down that it makes sense. You don't investigate really free data that's out there for you yes. to get. God said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We just gonna, I'm going to take this and give it to this person because they're going to be my Moses. They're going to go up the mountain. Mm-hmm. So, because people tell me all the time, man, I've had this idea for years and I wanted to build my, I wanted to, you sh fantastic. Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Yeah. What stopped you? Money, I didn't have the money. Well, Booker T. Washington didn't have the money I, either. Nope. Support, I didn't have the support. Well, nope. initially, Booker T. Washington didn't have the support either. Mm. None of it. In the beginning, I didn't have city support. I didn't have investor support. I had just this idea and vision that was burning so hard. I wasn't going to do anything else but accomplish that particular vision. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a secret sauce. If you look at South Park Cottages, it is designed in the S form. None of the houses are straight. Okay. They don't go in a straight line like a townhome community. They all in the S shape. Okay. Mm -hmm. The hidden gem inside of South Park, if you look above it on the drone shot, is in the shape of a heart. That's where the napkin design came from. Oh, that's nice. I designed a hidden design within this shape. I made it a heart. So it's design that goes in curvature is designed in a heart. Main reason why is because I didn't want to block one neighbor from the other. You walk in South Park, I can see from one end to the other and see the front porch of every house. Reason why, any great neighborhood you've ever grown them to, visit your aunties, your uncles, your relatives, your cousins. Back in the day when it was safe, people community. would be out on the street, on mm -hmm. their porches. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew who they were. Okay, community. Community, like building community. community inside of Correct. a community. All, remember, all of this is what I'm talking about. We haven't even talked about the design of the home yet. Yes. Right? So the purpose around the vision and how I crafted it is how we got to the first black developed micro community in the United States. Because people knew the intricacies of the vision were so detailed. Mm -hmm. It couldn't help but work. Mm -hmm. it, it can't fail. Mm -hmm. Because this particular clear vision, which is God's vision he implanted, he ain't going to stop till he deliver it. So when I went in front of the city, people, because there's no zoning for these communities. The reason why they're not built. Mm, that's what, that's, okay, so that's the next question. So now you have this land. Yep. And you have to produce a plan. Got it. For the land. Yep. You take it to the city. Yep. And they're like, no. Correct. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. They'll tell you no. But what do you do when you get a no? Keep going until I get a yes. Yeah, but you don't know how to figure it out. You don't have, to, but that's the missing sauce. People don't know how to figure that part out. Mm -hmm. The area between defeat and victory, people don't know how to work in that gray area. Mm. I love the gray area of victory and defeat because that is where, where the true blessing comes. Hence, uh, our brand uh, committed in faith and work. You can't out here be faith in it and not working it. Yes. Or fake working it. Fake working it. And then you go back home every night and you pray to God, please come with this blessing. Please come with this blessing. But he's looking at the work you did during the day. You know what I'm saying? So when I decide, decided to explain to the city why we're going to do this, I, I decided to tell them about community. And I provided them a version of zoning that never existed before. And I married it too. Now, 
I'm going to tell you offline the secret sauce within the creation of that zoning. Okay. But no com- no community has a, a micro home community zoning. Okay. But in a version in the way techie homes, in the way that I put them together, it works. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason why it works as single family dwellings for people to be able to purchase. Mm. Now you want to tell me offline, is that because you don't want other people to be able to do this? No, because at this current time, I don't want to pervert what I think is a very pure force, uh, pure way of what, how we're going to do it. Because I'll be honest, the one thing about our community is I had a purest form of the way I wanted to build the community. Mm-hmm. In development, people choose two options. People try to be dumb rich through a gouge versus just being rich and okay. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why people develop. Um, also, black people are just less than 1% of the development industry for sure. as a developer. Mm-hmm. And let me define developers for you. You have builders, you have developers, and you have investors. Mm-hmm. If you're a part of a project, but you don't physically do anything every day, mm-hmm. um, you're an investor. If you didn't come up with that particular vision, meaning you didn't craft this design, you didn't craft this makeup, you didn't craft the end goal of that community, you're 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 part of it, but you're not the developer. You're an investor. Mm-hmm. If you're the person that physically builds the houses, you're mm-hmm. the builder. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just use the term developer holistically as that's the term and that's not the term. Mm-hmm. And so if you get in certain rooms and people that know, know, and you're using these terms loosely, then they're not going to pay you any attention. That's another reason why um, we don't do major scale development. So what does the developer bring to the table what's the developer The developer role? brings the soups and nuts how we get in how we do it and how we get out okay and multiple levels of strategies and multiple levels of scales and has literally every answer to every question okay remember you can never third party your dream and a developer is the dreamer he's the okay. visionary she mm-hmm. or he is the visionary okay so when i tell people about micro homes and going out to do their zoning i said first before i want to give you a soft about how we create the zoning for you give me your purpose on why you want to do it Wait, how we create the zoning for you. So this is a this is a service that you provide. We can provide a service that you teach people or you consult. I can I consult, but it is very exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to your purpose, your reason, what you're trying to do. And if it's just about making money, I'm not very interested because South Park Cottages wasn't just about making money. It was mm-hmm. about proving a difference of purpose because things that get left out of South Park Cottages. Yeah, we turned one hundred and fifty thousand dollar piece of land into six point one million in 16 months. Mm. But better than that, I gave away two hundred thousand dollars of first time homebuyer assistance. I put uh, 16 homeowners of 29 as first time homebuyers into homes. Mm. we provided equity of over $30,000 at move-in on new construction, which is rare. Which is rare. Those are the biggest differences outside of the other numbers that people grab onto. And they just really want to talk. They all want to talk about cost to build and how much money I'm going to make. Yes. Why don't you You charge more? You were really thinking about the end user, AKA the homeowner. Hey, hey, are you a service-based entrepreneur that helps your clients or customers get some type of a result? but you're struggling to post and communicate your message on social media. You don't know how to type a caption that connects and gets people's attention and converts them from just someone who's following you on social to becoming your customer or your client. Great news is 
That's my superpower. So I'm sending you three text messages every single day, excluding major holidays, directly to your phone of exactly what you need to post to get people to buy and convert them into clients and customers. All you have to do is join my program, Post to Paid, and you can do so by texting the words Post to Paid to 404-737-2767. And the best news is just $37 a month. So hurry up. Send me the text. I'm looking for it now. Remember the first flip? Yes. In a sense of pride? Sense of pride. Everything always for me circles back to the thesis. Yes. I don't never lose that compass, although it may make money. You never lose the compass on why and how. Because if you lose the compass on the why and the how, the money you have is fleeting. Okay. I love it. I tell people the other day, I think I put it out on threads the other day. You know, there's a big confusion confusion from being, uh, from having temporary riches and living in abundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I can have all the money in the world and be riding around here and everything that I got and have a house, but I could not be living in abundance. Abundance is where God continues to plentifully refill that cup, refill your inspiration. You never wake up feeling like you don't know what that next thing is because he continues to fill it up. I know what our next eight communities will look like, and all of them would be very different because I'm going to tell you about the historic Union Park Cottages next. You thought South Park Cottage was historic. Wait a minute. Let me slow that. Can I do this? Got it. Can I do this? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we have the land. We got the land. We have the investors. Yep. Um, We've gone to the city. Yep. You've created the secret sauce for zoning. Yes. Which you can help anybody else who wants to do this do it. Okay. We've got zoning. We've got the green light. We can start building. Yes. You start building. Yes. You mentioned that these homes were sold out before you even broke ground. Correct. I get it because of if you painted the picture and communicated the vision the way that you just did here, yep. I'm like, I want one. I want one. I want one right yep. now. Now, let's. this brings me to a couple of questions from our audience. Cool. So um, one person wanted to know, did you approach individual families to keep black integrity and interest of the community. So when you were developing these homes, was it like, let's approach the people who live in this community first and maintain the, the integrity of the community? Mm-hmm. Or was it like, I'm just going to go online and say, this is what's happening. You get in where you fit in. So the, the future residents or the current residents? Well, both. So obviously there was some homes yeah. on Gobby road and there are some, uh, home, well, residents, people who live on, in that area and yep. surrounding area, Old National College Park. Yep. Um, was there any effort made to make sure that the people who already occupied that space, that yep. zip code, had an opportunity to buy? Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's what drove the price point. Okay. So my commitment to owner occupancy and not investors is what drove us to keep it in the residential community, but also my commitment to the city. This is one thing. A lot of developers, there's a saying in, in development. If a developer's talking, he's lying. <laughs> Tell me more. Because typically their avenue is just to get from one lily pad to the other. So they'll tell you whatever you okay. want to hear in order to accomplish their main goal, which is to get a right. Development is all about rights. It's not about money. Mm-hmm. It's about rights and privilege. If I have the rights and privilege, I can do anything and leverage it into money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all of the people that are at the top of their industries, they leverage stuff. They didn't, they didn't necessarily have the capital or cash to do it. And we confuse ourselves with trying to have a resource to where we have an end goal. So for me, I wanted to stay committed 
to what I was telling the city mm -hmm. um, and what the city was hearing from its residents and what we wanted to build. And I basically told the city, you have over 72% renter. You have a transiency and a crime rate that is so high in and around Old National and Gopi Road that you don't have any sustainability. You don't have any permanency. And the way to get people from those apartments is for me to build a home product that will be equal to the price they pay in rent. Mm -hmm. So that's what helped design my price point. Want to see how we got to 200000 Yes. The average rent on Gobby Road is 1250 bucks for a Class B rundown apartment complex. Okay? Now, developers love Gobby Road because the biggest employer in and around Gobby Road is the Atlanta Airport. The average mm -hmm. salary at Atlanta Airport is less than $55,000, but it houses the most amount of people. People want to want to live close to where they work. So that area will always have developers interest that own apartments because they know they have a population that will never go anywhere. Transiency in renting. The only person that gets rich in that is the landlord or the developer that owns, which for is sure. typically a, uh, a white developer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now for this community, I wanted to make sure I built a pride product to where the person's mortgage, if I was able to assist them in getting the mortgage mm -hmm. was where the down payment assistance come from and keep it equal to the amount they pay in rent. Mm. The average mortgage in South Park Cottages, even at today's high rates, is $1,500. Mm -hmm. So I can take the person living in an apartment right next door to me and put them in a home that they own on the same street where they saw no hope, no light, no home. Because if another developer came in and built any type of home, they would build a home that would cost $400,000, which causes gentrification. Yes. So that's the definition of gentrification, not revitalization. Cause people like to have that battle between revitalization and gentrification, but for the purposes to move out a subsect to raise the value, that's what a developer would have done. Mm. So you offered these home buyers down payment assistance. Yep. Um, were there, did you need to have creative financing opportunities available for the ideal market or was traditional financing available? Traditional financing. Any person could have gotten any mortgage whatsoever mm -hmm. in South Park, VA, USDA, FHA, resident conventional, whatever they wanted, they mm -hmm. could have got that mortgage. Mm -hmm. And that was the purpose of it. Okay. To find a way to build a home site built. They're not modular. They're not mm -hmm. container homes. They may look like container homes, but they're not container homes. Cause I know I get that question a lot too. Okay. Yeah. But they're site built homes. Okay. Built in the same standard construction, just like the house you live in today. What's so special about it? So I'm a buyer. Yep. I'm interested. Yep. I'm coming to the property. I want to take a look at your model. Mm -hmm. What is so special about the aesthetics of this community? It is a endless connective hug. You know how safe you feel in a hug? An endless connective, connective hug. hug. Yes. Are you kidding me right now? Yes. It is an endless connective, connective hug. hug. You walk into this community and you feel love. And safe. And safe. What does a hug do? It makes you, you feel protected. It's protected. Mm -hmm. That's what South Park Cottages is. It hugs you. It's S-curved and its design is meant to have every avenue of its aesthetic feel closely connected and protected. Mm -hmm. So... All of the residents face each other. No home is backed against another home. They face each other for connectivity. When I see you walking from the parking lot, I see you. Mm -hmm. When I see your Amazon packages being dropped off, I see them. Mm -hmm. When I see that you need help with your puppy because I realize you're a pet owner because South Park Cottages has its own dog park. Mm. You want to go away to Turks and Caicos for the weekend. Don't worry about that. Got you. I got you. Yeah. It was built with a manufactured neighborhood watch in place. 
Yes. It is the neighborhood watch. Yes. Yes. On a street that's still developing. That's yeah. the reason we d- I designed it that way. Mm-hmm. Everything has a purpose. So if you think about it again, we go back all the way to it. Its purpose wasn't about a building and some money. It was built by all this connective tissue that will make people feel the safety, the connectivity, the warmness, and the social connection that will breed the test of time. Because most of our historic communities and what we feel about home ownership in the American dream is always connected by the people on that street. Yeah. If you think about the, 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 the pictures that they give you about home ownership, you're always going down one street with a bunch of trees on the side and sidewalks and people waving and saying, Hey neighbor and good morning. And the, the paperboard throwing the, 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 uh, you know, the news the on, the, on, the, yeah. on the driveway. We've gotten away from that because attached box living mm-hmm. is not community. It's a box mm-hmm. attached to another box. Yes. And a door <laughs> and another door. And all you're going to get is noise between those doors. You're not going to have connectivity. That's mm-hmm. not community. If you follow the track history of zoning approvals and multifamily dwellings within the major metro county cities of Atlanta, you will find crime rises at the same rate of multifamily zonings within metro Atlanta over the last 10 years. And at that same rate over the last 10 years, black people have lost home ownership by over 5%, mm. while all other ethnic groups have risen in home ownership. Mm. Because we are being strategically sectioned out that a form of luxury box living in this apartment is your pathway to lifestyle mm-hmm. while taking assets away from you that better your lifestyle for the longevity. And the only people that get rich are the people that built the multifamily to begin with. Yeah, that is so true. And I'm shaking my head. Yes, as I live in that luxury box life. <laughs> <laughs> Now, people will say, hey, it's ease, it's ease, it's ease. But that's the same thing. If you These microhomes are built for ease. Everything's connected together. Outdoor living experience. Uh, the, the aesthetics of South Park really is truly in sustainability. Mm-hmm. That community is built technically on 2.7 acres of disturbed land, uh, 29 homes. It is uh, sustainable by solar lights. The parking lot lights, the amenity lights are all solar. Mm-hmm. The condo fee is an HOA community. is $200. Mm-hmm. Now, you live in a box. Condo fees are three times that, if not more. For sure. Okay. Um, We have our own dog park. Mm -hmm. We have our own belt line that we call the black line. It circles South Park all the way around. Three laps around is a mile. It's an active community. We have Mm -hmm. fire pit areas, fireside chats. We can have them in real life Mm -hmm. at South Park. Okay. Um, We have edible fruit gardens. A lot of people look at the lovely landscape from the pictures of South Park. Those aren't just hedges. Those are Mm -hmm. strawberry bushes and blueberry bushes. So literally on your walk from the parking lot, from your hard day of work, you could pick blueberries and strawberries, take them in your house, make a smoothie where you live. So these are sustainable homes built on sustainable land. Correct. I love this. Because pride of ownership is not just in getting in, it's staying in Mm -hmm. the version of home ownership. Mm -hmm. And that's my goal at Techie Homes and everything that we do. But Techie Homes, well, not Techie Homes, Techie Homes is the parent company. Parent company. Yep. South Park Cottages is sold out. It is. It's sold out. But but we have more. Tell me. Okay. Where, when, how? Um, all right. So 
The next community is going to be in Union City, Georgia, which mm -hmm. is one exit south of Old National Highway in South Fulton. It's still in Fulton County. Fulton mm -hmm. County is the largest county in Atlanta. The reason why we are doing developments within Fulton County first is because Fulton County has precipitously the uh, largest percentage of drop of African-American and minority home ownership okay. within the state of Georgia. It also has predominantly the most amount of multifamily attached dwellings that are not home ownership options in the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to focus my developments there first. Doesn't mean that's not where we stop because we do have plans to go to other cities and other areas. But Union Park Cottages in Union City is uh, going to be located on Shannon Parkway. I know it. Old Stumping Grounds. Ooh, the movie theater. Shannon Mall. Yes, Shannon now, Mall. Now, Shannon Mall has been converted into a uh, studio. What was... Um Max Fun. He's talking about Max Fun area. Yep. I love that so much. So Atlanta Metro Studios is the new 20 soundstage studio where they do HBO Max and okay. Netflix films. I love that. Okay, right I didn't know that. Mm -hmm, right there on Shannon Parkway. Mm -hmm. So That was a good use of that space. It was. So we have this whole mega production complex now. Yep. Outside, like you get to drive by. One thing that I love and one reason that I choose the in a box living. Yes. Don't come for me. I know. Okay. Got you. Don't, it's still micro. Well, go ahead. Because this still, this still my, this still my platform at the end of the day. <laughs> all right. Got you. Got you. <laughs> one reason that I've chosen the communities that I've lived in, in this environment is because yeah. I love walking past people who are active and yes. they're going after large goals. Yes. They're dreaming big. I see the evidence of success. Yes. I like looking at my out my window at the view and seeing these multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies. Like I'm about to move soon. Okay. And from my window in, in another micro box, um, from my view, my we'll talk about that. From my view, I see Google and Microsoft and mm -hmm. Facebook and you see I I see the banks and you yep. know there's several banks and I see the infrastructure of the city of Atlanta and for me it's so inspiring to live that way and now yep. I'm thinking about Union Cottages mm -hmm. and these people now getting to come into something that's tiny but luxurious and you're walking around or you're driving past to get home your pathway to home is to drive by this big movie production complex where you see dreams like literally being created being created in real time how can you how can this new living environment not affect the rest of your life people have asked me why don't i um section off these communities uh and cap off income levels because one part I left out is South Park Cottages is a very diverse community of many ethnic groups, but it also is diverse in its uh, incomes. We have people that make as less as $40,000 to millionaires that live in South Park Cottages. Mm. Okay. We, in the Union Park Cottages, the reason why I don't limit and capsize income levels into a community is because everyone deserves the right to live around diverse income levels so they can see diversions of how to grow into themselves, even if they're not there, right? Yeah. I think when you build communities where you have adjusted income level caps and you say, if you make more than this, you can't live here. In my opinion, you're strategically creating a new version of the projects. Mm. Because the projects was all section strategic housing for a certain group of people around certain incomes. So they never could breed out of a lifestyle they don't see that's different. Yes. If I see crime, I'm going to commit crime. If I see struggle, I'm going to absorb struggle. 
if I see abundance, maybe I go over and knock on the door and say, hey, Mr. Abundance, how you get that Tesla out there? Yeah. Right? Because someone built a community for me to be able to connect to that person. Yes. That's part of my passion and my dream. So for Union Park Cottages, it will be historic in nature too because only, I only do history. I don't do stuff. I only do special. I don't just do work. Oh, you better talk. Okay. So Union Park Cottages will be the United States' first mixed-use retail mixed-use micro community in the United States. We will provide a frontage of retail space, mm-hmm. coffee shops, tech space, mm-hmm. open workspace mm-hmm. in front of the homes that the people live in. Now, what's special about that? We'll have new designs. There will be two bedrooms. There'll be a larger footprint. Mm-hmm. The aesthetics will still be the same. It's going to be a connected hug. Mm-hmm. But guess what we're going to do for the homeowners? Tell me. If you're a homeowner in Union Park Cottages, you will get equitable ownership in the retail space. Mm, how does that work? It works because I can do whatever I want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. We're giving you equitable ownership, ownership. So in when, the retail space. So when the coffee shop gets leased for $5,000 a month, you as a homeowner, not only can you work there if you like, mm-hmm. get a check. Because mm-hmm. guess what? You are owner of a commercial space Booker. just because you decided to buy an accessible and affordable home. That is the dopest thing. Does that exist anywhere? No. That is the dopest idea. First of all, when I went live on Instagram this morning and I'm telling people like I'm interviewing this guy, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with Booker, Booker T. Washington. And I'm so excited about <laughs> it because you've done something innovative. Yep. I'm already mind blown by South Park Cottages. Now you have Union Park, Park Cottages. That's coming available and you're giving these homeowners, not just home ownership, but commercial ownership. Like they're j- you, you get a home and a business. Home and a business. Home and an investment. What are they doing that at? Nowhere. They're only concerned about you buying the dwelling. They're not concerned about you living there and staying there. They're concerned about the transaction. Real estate developers are only concerned about the transaction. Bookie worried too much about the things on the periphery. But that's where the dreams are made. That's where the visions are made. That's where mm. the Elon incubation of your life is made. Y'all are concerned about this Tesla car while he is incubating your life both in the air and under the ground. Yes, yes, So yes, we're going to yes, worry yes. about everything on the periphery because that is where it truly is impactful. Like I said, we only do impact and special. We just not heard building and working. We're not doing regular. No, we're not doing regular. There are developers, and I pride a lot of developers again into it. And anybody that wants to adopt micro home communities, hopefully they absorb for which the passion and the vision for which I give, and they do it in that nature. But you just can't not can just not doing it just for money, because that will run out. Your vision won't be refilled in a cup because you only try to duplicate the same thing. You won't think your way out of the box for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Because people say, oh, man, South Park College is historic. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. But we we just got more history to make. I say that all the time. I got more history to make. I don't say I got more work to do. I got more riches to get. I got more history to make. More history to make. I will always do well by doing good. (laughs) Always. I love this so much. I will always send me that. I will always do well by doing, doing good. good. 
You're going to hear me say that. And the only place that I'm going to give you credit is here. Because <laughs> after this, it, I own I that. I own that. After I can't this. get royalty on that. I will, I will always do well by I doing do good. good. That's me all day. Yes. It's you right now. But after, after this, <laughs> this it's, you. it's for sure me. So retail spaces, the yep. homeowners, do you, in, do you allow investors to come in? Yeah, it's a percentage. Per okay, so we can invest, and I'm sure there's a cap yep. of investors, yep. and then rent these properties out. Yep. Um, Airbnb? Um, well, in certain jurisdictions, they're outlawed, so it's only appropriate. But Airbnb is a service. This is what I tell people about Airbnb. Okay, stop thinking of it as a tangible industry. Airbnb is a service of the industry, which is rental, right? Mm -hmm. So you can short-term brand your home and rent it in a lot of different avenues, but in certain jurisdictions, they've out law the service of airbnb okay so i just tell people you can be an investor and you can do short-term renting you can do mid-term renting to people that want to rent homes for for 60 days or for 30 days Makes or, sense. or host it in a different way um uh not quite sure if union park has a uh, union city has a uh airbnb law but more cities there's a big news announcement in new york i saw that yeah i saw that so so i tell people Airbnb is a service. It's mm -hmm. not an industry. Okay. Renting is an industry. Okay. Stop allowing other businesses to define your version of your dream. If you mm -hmm. want to be an investor in rent, go out there and brand your unit and rent it. And rent it. You don't need Airbnb to do it. You don't need Airbnb to do it. You don't need any of that to do it. You don't need any of that to do it. Create your own website. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Ain't Airbnb a website? It is just, it's just, in fact, it's just a website. It's just a website. Period. Homes are just a home. I tell people all the time, we're going to all build homes, but my home's going to be special. My home's going to be special. <laughs> now, you crowdfunded to build uh, South Park Cottages. Yes, Did so you proud of that. crowdfund to build, are you crowdfunding to build Union Park Cottages? Yes. Techie Homes, uh, it will be, um, my version and vision of Techie Homes will grow to be one of the, the nation's largest micro home builders, specifically in that lane, in the nation. Mm -hmm. um, Techie Homes is a startup. Uh, we are raising capital. I'm not going to change my my uh, group economics theories of how we do it because mm -hmm. we can do it together. Mm -hmm. um, now, development is a cash heavy sport. OK, it is not a light sport for the weak minded. All right. Development takes time. Development takes capital. So, but the um, benefits of it, as you can see, sold out properties, turning you know hundreds of thousands into millions, um, can be done over time. So, we are still doing group economics and growing to get uh, investors to invest in techie homes. I'm in a capital raise now. I'm happy to say uh, that we've raised more than half of our eight million dollar raise. We raised over four million dollars in thirty days. What did you raise over four million dollars in thirty days? Because people already saw what you did the first time, and now they don't want to miss out. Yeah. This is FOMO. It's FOMO. This is FOMO. This is FOMO. I love it. But we got to continue to drive the dream forward. It ain't just you know you know LeBron, LeBron said we ain't trying to win one championship, two championships, three. It's four, five. We're gonna build multiple. Mm -hmm. micro home communities around this nation mm -hmm. because in every metropolitan community we have an accessible and home ownership crisis let me tell you something else about home ownership it's only going to get worse interest rates are high mm -hmm. if you're going to buy real estate buy it now if you wait because the interest rates aren't going to drop for one and a half years let me tell you how it's going to work in the real estate market interest rates are going to go down price is going to go up 
20% more than what they are now. So if you think it's expensive now, it's going to be even more expensive then. And I was telling, uh, I was on another podcast, uh, shout out 85 South. I was telling them, why are you trying to rent in order to save? The price is going to keep going up. You'll never catch up. Never catch up. You'll stay renting forever. You'll never catch up. Yeah. So until you make a pivot, look at your lifestyle and say, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.